Thank you for joining us today at Our Savior's Church, where we are one church meeting in six different locations. We hope that today's message encourages and empowers you on your spiritual journey and helps you grow deeper in your relationship with God. To learn more about Our Savior's Church or how you can get involved, you can visit us online at OurSavior'sChurch.com. Good morning, everyone. Happy Easter, everybody. One more time, let's put our hands together for the risen Lord. He's alive. Yeah! On behalf of Heidi and I and uh, the rest of our team and staff, Heidi, if, you, if you're new to our church, Heidi's, that's my wife, and she's right there on the front row. She's the girl with the uh, eighth wonder of the world, uh, her hair. Uh, and... Uh, uh, we just want to say welcome today. We, we love you if you're a guest with us today. We hope you feel at home. Hope you enjoyed the service. Can we put our hands together one more time for all of our first-time guests? We love you. We're so glad that you're here. We hope you enjoy the service. It's just for you. And uh, so we hope that, that you do enjoy and you felt the love of the Lord. I do want to just do one quick announcement real quick I want to add. I want to just tell you about something I'm, we're going to start next week. Everybody say next Sunday. I'm going to start a new series called the Destiny Series, and I hope to answer some questions that all of us, I think, at one point or another have in our life. We ask questions of ourselves. This is, this is those when you're laying in bed at night and it's silent. This is when you're driving in your car and no one else is in it, and you're, you turn the radio off. And you ask yourself questions like, do I really matter? What, what is my purpose and what am I supposed to be doing with my life? Uh, why am I alive? Am I an accident? Am, am I supposed to be here? Why such a time as this? I'm going to try to answer some of those questions in the new, next few weeks. I really want to challenge you to be here and be a part of it. I'm calling it the Destiny Series. But really want to answer some of those questions that I think all of us wrestle with at some point or another. Is there, a, is there an assignment for me? Does God have something for me? And I want to answer some of those questions. I, I want to just do a little commercial for next week. And then uh, I, I, I'm just excited today because this is, to Easter is the, biggest sun, is the biggest deal for us as Christians, right? It, it's like Jesus rose from the dead, y'all. Um, y'all. I mean, if, if he didn't, he, he, if he didn't, and I'll read in a moment, Peter, Peter excuse me, Paul is even going to say, all this is in vain. If that doesn't happen, then this shouldn't happen. There's no reason for us to even gather today, but we're joining with millions and millions and millions of Christians around the world are celebrating right now, today. We're all together in one house, making one sound to heaven, giving God all the praise, glory, and honor. Can we just add our voices real quick with theirs? Praise the Lord. He is risen. Let's jump into the message today. And Victor, would you mind just staying with me? Is that, a, is that cool? I mean, I mean, you got that bow tie on and everything. I mean, my brother can fly up there. Victor, cooler than the other side of the pillow. I want to take you to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 1 through 8. And this is the Apostle Paul speaking. And this is, this is, this is kind of paramount. Uh, Paul says, now, I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel that I preached to you, which you received in which you stand, and by which you're being saved, if you hold fast to the word that I preached to you. Everybody say, hold fast. If you'll hold fast to the word I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. 
How many of you know we live in a world right now that we need to hold fast? We're watching the world go crazy around us and you go, no, no, we got, we got, to, we got to hold fast to what we believe. The enemy's here, the undercurrent of this generation is trying to get you off, trying to take you away and you got to hold fast. And I would say to you, if you're, if you're new or you're seeking and you're going, man, I want to know, I've lived that world. I've tasted and seen what the world has to offer. What does God have to offer? I, I would challenge you if you're here today, and it didn't even have to be this church. It could be any church. Find a church, get in it, and take a one-year challenge and go, I'm going to just keep showing up, and I'm going to see if God makes a difference in my life. In fact, Jesus would do this with Matthew, the tax collector, a tax collector, a sellout to his own people, would walk by him one day and say to Matthew, Matthew, come follow me. He didn't ask him to quit tax collecting. He didn't ask him to repent. He didn't ask him to change his ways. He just simply asked, would you take a next step and would you follow me? And it changed Matthew's life. In fact, we're, reading, we're gonna read out of the book of Matthew today. Would you take that? He said, hold fast. And then he goes in verse three, for I deliver to you as of, church, remember, if it's in the yellow, you're going to read it with me. For I deliver to you as of first importance. That means this is preeminent. What I also re received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures. That he was buried and that we also he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. So he was died was buried and he raised on the third day. He goes, this is preeminent. Everybody look right here just for a second because we all grew up in a different, if you went to church as a child, we probably all come from different backgrounds. I grew up in a Baptist church. When, when my parents would go to church, they'd take us to a Baptist church. You might've grown up in a Catholic church. Anybody here, anybody here happened to be Catholic at one time or another? Okay, never, I knew that. Y'all were gonna raise your hand. Yeah, all of us kind of grew up in different types of churches, right? You grew up, and, and, and if you can drive through our city, you can drive through Opelousas, and you can see on the sign out front of the church, and they put out there what makes them different from the other church. We're a Catholic church. We're a Baptist church. We're a... So in other words, we take what's secondary, and we put it as primary. Paul's saying the exact opposite. Quit taking what's secondary and make it primary. Make the main thing the main thing. Christ was crucified, he was buried, and he was raised on the third day. If you believe in Christ as your savior, that makes me and you brothers and sisters. I don't care if you're red, black, white, Baptist, Catholic, Pentecostal, it really doesn't matter. That's the preeminent. Are y'all tracking with me today? That means we're brothers and sisters in Christ. Can I get an amen from the congregation? He said, let's keep that. That's what the scripture says. That's what the scripture says. He kept saying, that's what the scripture says. What he was saying was, hey, the scripture from old, Old Testament, thousands of years ago, all prophesied that this would happen, that Jesus would die, be buried, and raise again on the third day. What does that mean for you and me? That means if God promised you something, even if you haven't received the fulfillment of it yet, his promises in his word are yes and amen, and we will see that come to pass as long as we follow him. Some of you need to hear that today. Watch this. And it, then he goes on and says in verse number five, 
not only did it raise on the third day, and then he appeared. Oh, this is important. He decides he's going to show up after his resurrection. He's going to appear to Cephas. We know him as Peter. Then he's going to show up to the 12. Then he appeared to more than 500 brothers at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James. That's important. I'll talk about James in a moment. Then to the apostles. And then he says, and last of all, as to one untimely born, he appeared also to me. This is Paul writing. Now, of course, we know Paul is the Apostle Paul. He's going to write two-thirds of the New Testament. But that's not how Paul began. Paul did not begin as Paul. We actually first find him in the book of Acts, and his name's not Paul. Does anybody remember his name? His name was Saul. Thank you. Thank you, my sister. Somebody give her a piece of candy. We, we know him as Saul. Saul was actually a Pharisee, the enemies of Jesus and the way, and was given authority by the Pharisees to go stamp out this new church that was birthed on the day of Pentecost. Christianity was going to get stamped out, and Saul was the man who had the authority to do it. In fact, he would actually stand and supervise the first stoning of one of the first Christians named Stephen. It was there that Saul gave authority to do it. Did Jesus appear to Peter? Did it the apostles? 500, yes. Soon after his resurrection, within 40 days, he appeared to all of those people. When did he appear to Saul? Six years after the resurrection. Paul is on his way, to, excuse me, Saul is on his way to Damascus to continue his work of stamping, stamping, stamping? Persecuting the church. He's on a horse, he's riding, the Bible calls it the road to Damascus, he's on it, and Jesus, the risen Lord, shows up to Saul, gets him on the horse. I love this about, the, this is the Jesus I choose to serve. I don't, I don't like the pictures of Jesus where, you know, where they show him all the time, he's like, I like this Jesus better. He reaches up on that high horse, grabs Saul by the neck, rips him down and throws him on his back. Come on, Jesus. That's the kind of Jesus I want. Uh, uh, yeah, that's the Jesus you want. You don't want little, you want grab him, throw him on the ground, Jesus. In fact, the scripture says he stood over him. I, in my mind, I picture it. Y'all know that, that famous picture of Muhammad Ali sitting over Sonny Liston like this? That's how Jesus stood over him like, Booyah. And then he stood over him and Saul says, who are you, Lord? And he says, I am Jesus. Why are you persecuting me? And he got up from that moment, went to a place called Straight Street, waited there for three days. And the revelation came to him. Ananias came and told him what his next step was. And from that moment on, he went to seek the Lord and follow Jesus and would write two thirds of the, why am I telling you that? Jesus didn't just show up to his friends. He showed up to his worst enemy and he turned it around and would be martyred for his faith just like the rest of them. Ah, oh, what a God we serve. We got good news today on Easter. Isn't that good news, y'all? That he's risen from the dead. Yeah, come on. We can give the Lord praise. 
So I got good news. If Jesus doesn't raise from the dead, he would go on to write in 1 Corinthians, all of this is in vain. There's even no reason for you to be at church on a Sunday morning. Take your next step. Why? What does it matter if he didn't raise from the dead? So I got bad news for you too, though. Heaven is real. And if heaven is real, then that also means that hell is real. We're, we're all appointed once to die. The scripture says it that there is an expiration date for every single person in this room, that there is a day that you're going to die. I don't know when that is going to be. I don't know when my day is. I don't know when your day is, but uh, a crowd like this, it could be soon for somebody. It could be today. It could, for me, it could be me. Today could be my last sermon. I hope it's not, but it could be my last sermon. And then the scripture says the appointed man wants to die and then the judgment. And we'll spend eternity in one place or the other. We're going to spend it in heaven or we're going to spend it in hell. But Jesus came and died. That's the good news. To pay for the sins of the world. Was buried in a tomb for three days. Got out of that tomb. I love it on the cross. His last words, he said, it is finished. He didn't say, you are finished. He let us know that there was another way out. Let us know there was another avenue of which you could take. And today, we're going to discover that very avenue together. Now, let me take you to that book of Matthew. And we'll read the Jesus is crucified. And we're going to read the story. Found in Matthew 27, 57 through 61. When it was evening, there came a rich man from Arimathea named Joseph, who also was a disciple of Jesus. He went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. Then Pilate ordered it to be given to him. And Joseph took the body and he wrapped it in clean linen shroud and he laid it in his own new tomb, which he had cut out in the rock. And he rolled a great stone in front of the entrance of the tomb and he went away. Thank you, Joseph. Thank you that there was a man who wanted to take the body of Jesus, give him a proper burial, then roll a big stone to keep people out, keep animals out, robbers out, and secured that tomb. The next day, that is, after the day of preparation, the chief priests and the Pharisees gathered before and said, Sir, we remember how this imposter, Jesus, said while he was still alive, he said, after three days, I will rise. Therefore, order the tomb to be made secure until the third day, lest his disciples go and steal him away and tell all the people he has risen from the dead. And the last fraud would be worse than the first. And Pilate said to them, you've got your guard of soldiers. I'll allow it. Go and make it as secure as you can. So they went and made the tomb secure by sealing the stone and setting a guard. Let me say it again. By sealing the stone and by setting a guard. Let me just explain to you what happened. So the, the Pharisees, the ones who wanted Jesus crucified, went to the Roman governor, Pontius Pilate, and said, they gonna come try to get that body out that grave. They are gonna steal it. Would you give us a guard of soldiers, Roman soldiers? 
Roman soldiers of that day had taken warfare to a brand new level. They were the SEAL Team 6 of their day. And he said, would you allow this SEAL Team 6 to come and secure this tomb? And he allowed it. Some bad men. You seen Gladiator? Bad men. And then he's also said, can we seal it? Now, just so you'll know what seal means, that doesn't mean get some flex seal. How many of y'all got some flex seal at your house, right? It'll fix anything, right? They didn't mean spray flex seal around. What they meant was to take a wax-like rubber substance, put it on the rock, and then put the insignia of Caesar on the rock. Why was that important? Well, Caesar and Rome was the superpower of its day. Israel's under Roman rule. Their empire has gone throughout the world. You could almost go anywhere in the world and see the influence of the Roman Empire. Caesar was the highest authority on the earth. And that's... <laughs> Amen. Caesar was the highest authority on the earth, which means the highest authority said this was to remain sealed. To break that seal would mean that you would go against Rome and against Caesar and all of its power would come against you if you were the one who broke it. Seal team six, all authority of Caesar, rock and stone rolled in front of it to secure it. Nobody's getting in that tomb. They wanted to keep everybody out. Look what Matthew 28, 1 and 7, I'll read. It says, now after the Sabbath, toward the dawn of the first day of the week, that's Sunday, that's Easter Sunday, just before dawn, it's still dark. Mary Magdalene and the other Mary, we got Mary and Mary went to the tomb. No disciples, no Peter, no James, no John, two women going to prepare the body to give it a proper burial. Mark tells us what they were saying on the way in the dark to get to the tomb. We get to hear part of their conversation. It's found in Mark 16. And they were saying to one another, who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance of the tomb? Can we just push pause for a second? Can I just say thank God for women? Can, can, uh, girls, I just want to say thank God for women. Thank God for men too. Yeah. <laughs> You're saying yeah on both of them. Bro, what do you want, man? You can't get them a... How many, how many know there ain't no men going? This is Friday night. Friday happens, the crucifixion happens, the tomb. This is early Sunday morning. The men, the, none of his disciples are going to do the final preparation for him and his body. It's two women. I, I love women. women. Women will show up for duty out of duty. Here they are walking out of duty. They're, they're not feeling anything, they're not inspired. This is not like, you know, I really feel like the Lord wants us to go down to the tent. This is not inspiration. This is out of, mama, you know what I'm talking about. Mamas will get up in the middle of the night. They'll hear the whimper. They hear the baby go, I got to go check. 
Daddy's like, well, just let them cry. We got to develop their lungs, you know, roll over. Not women. Women will get up. Women will get up in the middle of the night. It was last night. Heidi's like, we forgot to turn on the uh, dishwasher. I go, baby, we'll get it in the morning. Uh Uh-uh, got to do it tonight. It's like, no, I'm almost asleep. No, that's women for you. Here, these are these women. They're just going. Thank God for women. In fact, can I tell you what time? This is funny, by the way. There was, there was, uh, I, I was actually, Heidi and I were actually at a meeting years ago with, with Pastor Yungi Cho. You don't know who he is. You probably don't, never heard of him. Pastor Yungi Cho out of Korea, South Korea. The pastor of the world's largest church. Back in those days, their church was a million. It's way more than that now. One million in their church. And he said, how well have I buy? That's what he said. We were in the, where, where the Portland Trailblazers play basketball. Field to capacity. We're all waiting. Here's the pastor with the world's largest church. What is he going to say to us to help our churches grow and reach our communities for Christ? He's obviously figured something out. He goes, hi, welcome, everybody. How are you? He goes, where is everybody? This very small church. And then he says, you want no secret? You want no secret? Build big church. You want no secret? Use women. That's secret. Use women work harder than men. Women smarter than men. Uh, I was like, he's right. <laughs> Come on, man. Just go ahead. Just, you're right. Women do more things than men can do. Men only do one thing at one time. Women do 10 things one time. I'm like, I'm in. Here's these girls. Who's going to roll the stone away? I mean, that's what they're thinking. They're already going, okay, we got to get the body prepared. We got to do this. Did you bring the spices? I did. I don't know. It's dark outside. I know. I know. How are we going to get that stone removed? I don't know. We're going to get in there and figure it out. Maybe the soldiers will move it for us. I mean, they're, and behold, and behold, out of duty, out of duty. You're going to see things out of duty. Sometimes you don't have to be inspired. You just got to go because of duty. You might have even showed up this morning out of duty. Oh, we got to go. What are we wearing? Baby, did you lay the clothes out? I ain't wearing that pink shirt. It's Easter. Okay. We'll go because of duty. And behold, there was a great earthquake for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. Oh, I love that the scripture says he was sitting on it. He gets to see Mary and Mary as they come and the stone's already been rolled away. There they are walking out of duty, getting to see what the disciples missed. And they get to see it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothes was white as snow. And, the, and the, for fear, fear of him, the guards, the SEAL Team 6, trembled and became like dead men. But the angel said to the woman, do not be afraid. For I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he has risen as he said. Come see the place where he lay. 
then go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead. And behold, he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him. See that I have told you. Booyah. No, I added booyah. It's not in there. Let, let me tell you something. That says something to you. Uh, the stillness of a Sunday morning was interrupted by the greatness of an earthquake. The darkness of that night was interrupted by the light from an angel. The soldiers who guarded the dead became like the dead. And the Roman seal of authority was broken by the power and the authority of heaven, reminding us that God has the final word over governments and he has the final word over graves. The stone was rolled, the seal was broken, and Jesus rose victorious over death. You need to know that and you need to believe it because it means when you and I are in our tomb and in darkness, that Jesus has the power to send the angel to thump back the stone, to call out and take ruler over any authority that comes against us and to set us free, to take us from dead people to live people, from people who will expire to people that will live for eternity. It is the power of Jesus and we celebrate that resurrection today. Come on, let's give him the praise that he deserves. Let me ask you, maybe you feel like that today. Man, it's just like, I'm in the darkness. I feel that. Man, if, it's like a stone's in my way. I can't. I, I want to tell you, I'm just so encouraging you this morning. He's still rolling stones away. Oh, there's testimonies in this room. We could go after one after another and just give you the testimonies of, of Jesus coming up and showing. And I, I know my own personal life, 40 years ago, he's, I'm just lost, dark, doomed. And all of a sudden, that stone was rolled away. And I heard my name. He was calling you out, calling us out of a grave. Jesus did not come to earth to make bad people good. He came to this earth to make dead people live. He is the life. He is the resurrection. He is the life. Can I get a witness from this congregation? Jesus. I love this. So they get to see out of duty. They get to see what nobody else gets to see out of duty. They showed up and they get to see all of this. And of course, the angel says, go to Galilee. Jesus will meet you there. Go tell the brothers. Go tell the men who stayed behind. Go tell them that if they'll go to Galilee, Jesus will meet them there. So they run. Could you imagine, could you imagine the girls? They were going. To the, to the tomb, like, did you get everything? I know, we just gotta get this done. We gotta get these stones moved. What are we gonna do? They went there, and then they saw the angel, and now they're leaving going, girl! <laughs> watch what the next scripture says. You gotta see this, watch this. And, watch this. And then watch, watch what happens. They departed. So the women departed quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy. That's two, that's two emotions, fear and joy. How many know if this was men, there'd only be one emotion because that's all we can feel at one time. Girls can feel multiple emotions at one time. Fear and joy. And they ran to tell the disciples and behold, and behold, Jesus met them and said, greetings. No, no, he's supposed to be in Galilee. What's Jesus showing up to these girls on the way back 
Go to Galilee. You'll meet Jesus there. They're running back to tell the brothers. And then Jesus goes, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> Greetings. I, I, think, I think Jesus just loves us so much. He goes, look what those girls done for me. They got to go all the way to Galilee to see me. No, I'm going to give it to them now. I'm going to show them that I'm alive. I'm going to show You show up on duty. If you'll show up to duty, you'll get to see things that nobody else gets to see. What a story. Watch what happens. Jesus appeared later to Peter. He appeared to the disciples. I have already read to you, he appeared to more than 500. And he also, not only to Saul, who was his greatest enemy, but he also showed up to James's house. He went by James's house to show it. And you go, well, who's James? James is the half, excuse me, James is the half-brother of Jesus. He goes up to James's house, knocks on his door. James like, yeah, what you need? Jesus. James never believed Jesus was the Messiah until after the resurrection, and he saw him. Then later, James would become the apostle of Jerusalem and live a martyr's, or die a martyr's death because of what he saw. Let me ask you a question. You know, what was James's problem? How many of you have a brother? Let me see your hand, you got a brother. How many of you, if your brother told you that he was the Messiah, <laughs> he'd have to raise from the dead before you believed it? So, so, so don't give James a bad rap on this. He's like, he says he's a messiah. He'd have to raise from the dead first. There are many people that will die for things they believe to be true that are really false. But no one in their right mind will die for something that they know is false. Peter Many of, many of the disciples died because of what they believed. When Peter came and they asked him to recant the story, and he wouldn't, and they said, then we're going to crucify you like we crucified Jesus. And Peter said, I'm not worthy to be crucified like my Savior was crucified. Crucify me upside down. And they granted his request and they flipped him upside down and they crucified him. Many people will die for a lie, but they believed it was true. Nobody's going to die for something that's a lie and they know it's a lie. Jesus is alive. He's alive. Watch this. The story gets better, watch this. In Matthew 28, it carries the story. While they were going, behold, some of the guard, that SEAL Team 6, they run into the city to tell the chief priest all that had taken place. And when they had assembled with the elders and taken counsel, they gave a sufficient, look what they did. They gave a sufficient sum of money to the soldiers and said, tell people his disciples came by night and stole him away while we were asleep. And if this comes to Pontius Pilate's ears, we'll satisfy him and keep you out of trouble. 
So they took the money and they did as they were directed and the story has been spread among the Jews to this day. Most people want to go to heaven. If I were to do a survey in our city, it'd probably be 95%. Yeah, I want to go to heaven. Have, have you ever seen those stories of people who flatlined and they all, then they died? And all their stories are similar. It's like, I saw this bright light. I, I don't know if any of that's ever happened to y'all. I know last night's service, we had a young man that had died before and came back to life. Like they resuscitated him. And I, that's never, ha- I don't know if it's ever happened to you. If it has, tell me. I'd love to hear the story. And they saw stuff. Like they saw a bright light and I was there. And it usually goes like this, this incredible peace. And they all tell the same story like, and then I started going back. And I didn't want to go back. I didn't want to go. I wanted to stay. I, 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 I'm excited about heaven. I can't wait to get there. It's going to be amazing. I hope to see you there. I'll be there. Y'all look for me when you get there. They go, Pastor, are you here? He better be here because if I'm not there, I'm somewhere else. I'm, I'm going to heaven. I can't wait to get there. It's going to be, the older you get, the more you want to be there. It's like, I don't know what it is. Like everything aches and hurts every morning. And then my, my six pack is now like a two liter. And you go, uh, yeah, my knees hurt every morning. You hurt. What, what is that? That's the pain of going. You weren't created for here. This is not your home. This is just a journey that we're passing through. And then you get to heaven. And, and some, somewhere in the future, I'll do a series on heaven. Would you like that? Just tell you what heaven's like. And you go, they don't want to come back. Nobody wants to come back from heaven. If you've been on earth and you've been to heaven, you don't want to come back to earth. Except for Jesus. He's always been in heaven, and yet he wanted to come to earth. He wanted to come and be among us. The son of God who became the son of man so that we could become the sons and daughters of God. Most gods require that you pursue them. Muslims go to Mecca to meet God. Jews go to Jerusalem to meet God. Other religions go to mountains or monasteries to meet their God. But our God decided to come and meet us. He came and lived among us and then would go to a cross and die the most brutal death known to man, the crucifixion. Did y'all see The Passion of the Christ, that movie that came out that time? There were just times you had to turn around. You go, why? 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 Who crucified Jesus? The Romans. No, it wasn't the Romans. No, they, they did it, but it wasn't them. They weren't the conspiracy creator behind it. Uh, 
It was the Jews. I mean, they were, last Sunday they were screaming Hosanna, and by Friday they were screaming crucify him. Some of that's true, but it wasn't the Jews. The Pharisees, it was the religious order. Jesus was turning that, and they were worried about their own authority and their own power. It's the Pharisees who orchestrated it. They're the ones who crucified Jesus. That is true, but they're not the ones who crucified Jesus. Judas, it was Judas. He sold him out. He was the betrayer. If it wasn't for Jesus, Judas, Jesus wouldn't have been crucified. Yes, Judas did betray Jesus, but that's not the reason. That's not who crucified him. Pontius Pilate, he was the governor. He was the one who could make the decision. He said, I find no guilt in this man. None, zero. I, this man is not guilty of anything. I, I can find no guilt in him. If he would have just made another decision, so it's got to be Pontius Pilate. It wasn't Pontius Pilate. The devil. It was the devil who crucified Jesus. It was him. He was the conspirator behind it all to try to get Jesus crucified. Was it the devil? It was God. God crucified Jesus. I want you to think about that. God crucified Jesus. He orchestrated it all. All of it. He crucified his own son. Forgive us for losing the joy of our salvation. Forgive us for making good news old news. God crucified his son. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And that whosoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Every head bowed and every eye closed in the room. No one's looking but me, please. Because somebody's still in a tomb today. This is not about making bad people good. It's about making dead people live again. He's still rolling stones away, y'all. Maybe you're here today and you don't know this Savior. He can send an angel of light. His Holy Spirit can remove that stone and break the seal of authority over your life and set you free today, make you live again. There was a religious leader that came to Jesus by night and said, what must I do to go to heaven, to have eternal life? And Jesus said, you must be born again. You can't see the kingdom or enter the kingdom until you've been born again. Wouldn't it be great if we all could just start over? You can. You must be born again. How do I do it, Pastor You? 
First, you gotta admit where you're at. We have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. You're in a room, myself included, of sinners. We've all fallen short. Just admit it, I'm a sinner. B, believe that Jesus came, lived a sinless life, gave us life on a cross to pay for our sins. We sang it earlier, what can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. The Bible tells us there is no forgiveness of sin without the shedding of blood. The blood. Jesus sent his son to earth to die on a cross to shed his blood. And then see, confess him as Lord. It just means make him the boss. You've You've been sitting on your own throne for a long time. Get off of it. Put him on the throne. Do it his way. Follow him. Pursue him. He'll teach you. He'll show you. He'll clean you. You don't have to get clean to come to Jesus. You just come. He he cleans you. He gives you the power to do it. He gives you the strength to do it, the willpower. He cleans you. Maybe today, he's knocking at your door to show you the nail-scarred hands and the nail-scarred feet and to say, I'm risen, and I'll get you out of that tomb. Maybe today you're ready to be born again. I'm going to pray for you. If you're here today and you go, I need to surrender my life to Jesus. I'm ready to be born again. I'm going to ask you. I'm going to count to three, and all I'm going to ask is that you would raise your hand. No one's looking but me. I just want to pray for you. And if that's you today, ready? One, he loves you. He's not mad at you. Two, he sent his son to die for you. That's how madly in love he was with you. Three, would you just lift your hand up all over this room? Today's my day. I'm ready to be born again. Hold it up high. Thank you. I see hands all over the room. Thank you, Jesus. Multiple hands all over this room. You can put your hands down. Just give me 30 more seconds. No one's moving. Please, please, 30 more seconds. Maybe you didn't raise your hand yet, but your chest feels like it's about to burst open. That's the Holy Spirit. And he's, he's, he's knocking on your heart's door. Going, Let me in. Let me in. Let me in. Quit fighting it. Quit fighting it. It doesn't all make sense yet. I know. I was there. It doesn't all make sense. What makes sense is he's alive and he loves you and he died for you and he rose again for you and he's going to give you life too. And you're ready. I'm ready to turn my life over to Jesus. I'm ready to be born again. If you didn't raise your hand the first time, would you just lift your hand right now? Again, I'm going to give you thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Many more hands have gone up. Thank you. Congregation, can we add our voice to theirs? We're just going to pray this simple prayer. We're going to ask Jesus to come into our life. Would you pray? Let's pray this with them out loud. Mean this from your heart. Say, dear Lord Jesus, please forgive me. I am a sinner. I do deserve hell. But thank you for dying for me, shedding your blood so I could be forgiven. I repent. I repent of my sins. Forgive me. Now come into my heart and be the Lord of my life. I surrender to you. I give you my life. 
In Jesus' name, amen. Can we give God all the praise? Thank you, Lord Jesus.